0: Well, I mentioned last week that we would have a special treat today, and I'm excited to introduce our guest speaker for this service today. Steve is a friend of mine personally. He's also a friend of Thrive Church. Pastor Steve Sewell lives in Kansas City, Missouri. One of the blessings of having service the way we are is I can invite him to be a guest speaker, and he doesn't even need to be in town, though. He loves Southern California. He loves California. Uh, if, if you've spent any time with Steve, you're going to find out two things very quickly. He loves the Lord with all of his heart, and he loves people. He genuinely loves people. Uh, he also loves tacos, and I've had the chance to sit across the table and share a meal with you as I'm... Sure, some of you have, and 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 when you're in that setting, which is, I think, his favorite setting, is to break bread uh, with fellow members of the body of Christ. You find out quickly that his he's not a surface level guy; that he asks questions that go below the surface, and very lovingly and very caringly, uh, really helps to discover who God is in in the midst of our lives cares for people where they're at. He ministers outside of the four walls of the church as a chaplain, uh, and in his ministry, he also goes into the corporate world and provides coaching and mentoring uh, and really helps come alongside of people uh, to, to discover care, to discover the hand of the Lord in their lives, and so I'm excited to introduce and welcome my friend, Steve, as he brings the word today.
1: Well, hello there, my friends at Thrive Church, Boy, it's great to be kind of with you in this uh, way. Uh, I'm coming to you live. Well, you know, via satellite virtually. Kansas City, home of great barbecue, uh, some good uh, some good lakes. And, uh, but I sure wish I was there in California, even though the situation in California may not be all that great, I still wish I was there. Boy, to be at the beach and uh, be close uh, to the water and be close to you uh, there in physical proximity. Boy, that would just be great. I am delighted that Pastor Barry and Megan asked me to connect with you this way and uh, I hope that today's message will be an encouragement to you. Uh, It'll nurture hope in your heart. Uh, That's that's really what I'm uh, interested in uh, doing today. You know, I don't know if you feel like I do, but I feel like I haven't really known what to do with myself. I kind of feel like this whole time since February has been almost like a season of faith for me, a season of wondering, a season of mystery. I'm sure you've thought about that for yourself and I'm sure you've you know been pulling your hair out and trying to uh, control as much as you possibly can in this very uncontrolled, prolonged season of grief and loss, and suffering and setback and all of the other phrases and things that we could think about. And I, I've, you know, I've just been thinking about it for myself. So coming off of, you know, a year of uncertainty of, of recovery of my cancer, um, a move, uh, some personal issues that, you know, just like you, you probably have, I have them too, uh, watching my kids move away, selling my home, moving to Kansas City, uh, when I really wanted to move to California, uh, and then all of that during the pandemic. And then I thought about my friends who have been wrestling through so much. There was a, a, a few days ago, um, I posted on Facebook how you know it's a crazy time when you are just responding Three or four times in a row on social media, I'm praying for you, and it was just like that. Or in texts, and just just saying, "Oh, I can't imagine what that might be going for you." I'm praying for you. I'm I'm leaning in to to Jesus with you, or writing a note, or taking phone calls, and seeing people face to face. And it's like, oh my goodness, and just some of those I I, I wrote down because I I, I felt like. They might resonate with you too. Uh, Waiting for an adoption call, and they're just waiting. I think the season is like a a period of waiting. It's a period of of wondering, kind of sitting restless while medical tests are in process. Uh, People using up their retirement, not sure when they're gonna be able to get back to work the way that they know work is good. Uh, contemplating uh, self-harm, wondering in their memories. You know, I I wonder how many of us are sitting in a perplexed time such as this time. And I got to thinking a little bit about how my own Bible time, my own devotions, have been cultivated during these times. Uh, probably like you, you've uh, wrote down some verses or maybe you've thought about verses that has been kept you going. And I thought about people in the Bible who I've studied in the past uh, who had some breakthrough moments. And I was praying, God, I want to have a breakthrough moment like that thinking about what my own season of wondering is, I I wondered how that might reflect into your life too. What is your season of wondering and do you need a breakthrough? Do you need a revival, so to speak, to settle in in your soul and to nurture that hope that sometimes can get washed away because of pandemics, because of waiting and suffering and a prolonged season of those types of things. And one in particular, one, one person in the Bible in particular, really resonated in within me and has been for the last couple of weeks now. And that is the story of Caleb, And the story of uh, Joshua Um, and in Numbers chapter uh, 13 and 14 uh, we see uh, probably if you're familiar with any uh, Old Testament story you you know this story of of uh, 12 spies went into the land of Canaan ten had bad reports two had good reports and I as I as I looked at the the scriptures and I was looking at 13 and 14 numbers chapter 13 and 14 again I got to thinking about this whole story again and how it relates to what we're in right now and I thought that I could remind us some of these things and so I'm going to read from Numbers chapter 13 and 14. I'm going to skip through a little bit. So hopefully you'll, you'll catch the story as we, as we do this. So starting at verse 1 of Numbers chapter 13, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out, from the desert of Paran, all of them were leaders of the Israelites, and these were their names. And in verse six, he lists one person. He says, "From the tribe of Judah, Caleb." And then, if you uh, if you go to verse seventeen, it says this: When Moses sent them to explore the land of Canaan, he said, "Go up through the Negev." and onto the hill country. See what the land is like, whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or is it bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or are they fortified? How is the soil there? Is it fertile or is it poor? Are there trees on it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of this land. So in verse 21, it says, so they went up and explored the land. And verse 23 says this, and when they reached the Valley of Eshcol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and some figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshcol because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. Verse 26 says, They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. Verse 27 says this, They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you had sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Verse 30 says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses, and he said, We should go up and take possession of that land, for we can certainly do it. Let me say that again, for we can certainly do it, Caleb says. But the men who were had gone up with him, they said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Verse 32 says, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report. Kind of sounds like the news. They spread among them, uh, Israelites, a bad report about the land that they had explored. The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Chapter 14, verse 1 says this, that night, all the people of the community raised their voices, and they wept aloud. Verse 5 says, Then Moses and Aaron fell down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were there among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes, and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we pass through and explore it is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will swallow them up. The protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Verse 10 says this, But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all of the Israelites. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? And it went on to further on to give some more back and forth between what the Lord was saying and what Moses was saying and what the people were saying and in verse 24 it says but because my servant Caleb had a different spirit and he follows me wholeheartedly I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it let me read that again for us because that's such a powerful statement verse but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. And then over in verse 30, it says, not one of you will enter the land I swore with an uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb and Joshua. And then he said this in verse 37, these Men who were responsible for spreading a bad report about the land, they were struck down and they died of a plague before the Lord. You know, I don't know about you. That's a pretty good story. That's a pretty good story about what it means to be determined. That's a pretty good story about what God wants to do in a season of suffering in a season of questioning, in a season of wondering, in a season just like today, I think God wants to say that to us today. And I believe that while I was looking over all of this, I was looking at what might his word be for us today. Now let's remind ourselves a little bit about Caleb. 12-man team went to spy on this land and check it out, kind of give a forecast of what was going to be happening there. 10 of them had bad reports, two of had good. He told the truth and he kept a positive attitude, but he had his eyes on the Lord. I wonder what the other ten might be thinking about right now. I wish I would have had a good report. I wish I would have been able to hang on. And you know Caleb's me. his name, you know what it means in Hebrew? It means dog. I like that, dog. Caleb like a dog. Think about that for a minute. Wasn't Caleb like a cat? No, it wasn't cat. <laughs> It wasn't a cat at all. It was a dog. And I thought about that. Dogs. They follow after their master. Dogs feel the most comfortable when their master is close by. Dogged. Sometimes that could mean like a determined, faithful, following the footsteps of his leader leader and I thought about what that might mean for us today how Caleb like a dog followed his master I I did a little research on dogs this is what I found experiments conducted by Harvard University suggest dogs really do understand what we're trying to tell them and they do so far better than any other species. Both adult dogs and puppies, listen to this, they were compared to wolves and chimpanzees in a test of how well they could understand nonverbal human communication. Both the dogs and the puppies outperformed the other animals and far exceeded simple chance. The results surprised researchers since wolves have bigger brains than domesticated dogs and chimps are primates. They found dogs have a very sophisticated ability to understand social cues. Unlike cats or if you have a teenager in the house. (laughs) But I wonder what dog determination that Caleb had. I wonder how it could transcribe into our lives for today. So I began thinking a little bit about, and I began looking over at the scriptures, and I wanted to bring a few points to us. Number one, Caleb, like a dog, wholeheartedly followed his master. In verse uh, 14, verse 24, and five times, it talks about how Caleb had a different spirit. Caleb was different. In Deuteronomy chapter one, because of his following God, he will inherit the land of Hebron. It's not like how we can inherit a Chevy Sprint. It's not like how we inherit something that we buy from a house that just happens to be falling apart, that we don't know until we get there. Nothing bad like that. We inherit the good stuff. We inherit the glory of the Lord, the favor of the Lord. We inherit beauty when we wholeheartedly follow the Lord. And I like this because the essence of our life, the essence of our life is to be committed to the King, regardless regardless of what suffering scenario we find ourselves in. Regardless of what the climate is, regardless of what the culture is, regardless of what the news tells us, regardless of what we look out the window and we say, oh my goodness, what in the world, how are we going to make this work? Regardless of all of those things, our role as followers of Christ is to be dogged, determined after him. You know, abandonment is not a characteristic of God. He doesn't abandon us. And so our faithfulness to him could be just like that person, Caleb, just like Joshua. And I wonder how yours and mine, our faith, I wonder how it works during this pandemic. I wonder if our faith is following after God, or if we're looking at the bad news and the bad reports and we're hearing about those all the time. I had to turn off the news. I couldn't do it anymore. There were some people in my life that I just operated, I functioned better when I didn't talk politics with them. Maybe that's like you, too, because I'm trying hard to follow after God instead of what the news says, instead of what other people are saying. I wonder if you're following after God. A couple other points that I found was Caleb wanted to be near his master. He wanted to be near the Lord. And I wonder about this, chapter 13, verse 30. It says, Caleb knew that God would show up. You know, the most important thing that I want to see happen in my own life, in my own season of peculiar seasons of, uh, we keep saying seasons, but that's what it is because we really don't know how long it's going to be. You know, funny things about dogs Is that they're the happiest when they're close to their master. And when they're not close to their master, when they haven't seen their master, they can get a little frustrated. They can get a little territorial. They can get a little... um, Well, sometimes mean. I can get frustrated if I'm not following after God. I remember my middle son told me once... I was going through a, a, a really challenging time, and I was trying to really listen to things and trying to get a sense of what was going on. and And uh, these were when my kids were littler, and and uh, he comes up to me and he knocks on my door and he says, "Daddy," and I was saying, "What? What? What do you need, Mark? What, what? What do you need? What do you need? You know, that kind of a thing." And he says, "Dad, have you have you had your devotion today? Have you had your?" your quiet time today? And I said, no, I'm, I'm really busy. I've got a lot of things to do, and I've got, you know, what do you need, Mark, you know? And uh, he says, maybe you should have your quiet time, Daddy. And he walked away. I got to thinking about that. <sighs> Hit me square right there in the soul. And I stopped what I was doing. And I said, oh God, Help me. I want to be close to my master. I want to be close to the Lord. I can't be close to the Lord when I'm searching and my eyes are on all these other things. I just want to be where you are, oh God. Remember that song? I, I remember that song growing up. I just want to be where you are. It's been kind of one of my go-to songs lately it's been on my go-to list my song list the third principle that I just kind of like to remind us and as we as we study this and as we kind of kind of uh, take time to to look at our own depression look at our own anxiety look at our own um, personality and our own culture and our own characteristics is that Caleb like a dog he walked by faith, not by sight. And I wonder how much of us is walking by faith or if we're walking by sight. This is, this is a hard lesson for us, I, especially for me. When I was walking through my cancer, I was wondering How I was going to be able to get through in the last several months, I've had a a, a personal personal story of what seems to feel like defeat sometimes. And I remember walking through this huge field and I was at a spiritual for a center, a center for spiritual renewal and I wanted to get to the other side where there was this bench and it was just couldn't be quiet. And I was walking across the field and the Lord spoke to me and he said, you're not alone, Steve. You think no one is close to you in this huge open field, but I'm walking with you. And I stopped in the middle of the field and I took a look around, just like you might look around if you heard a voice. And I, I had my backpack on and I took my backpack off and I raised my hands and I said, Lord, I hear you. I'm not alone. I had the most amazing quiet time that those next uh, few, actually probably spent about an hour and a half there on that bench, listening to the Lord, teaching me, reminding me that my faith is not built on things that I see. They're things that I know. There's things of what he says. Folks, you and I can look out and we could see a lot of things right now. What has God said to you? Some people say, well, I don't know what God says to me because I haven't heard him. Have you stopped? Have you quieted your soul? Have you taken a break? Have you stopped the insanity of the restlessness, simmered down, and said, oh, God, teach me? Teach me something. If I can say one thing to you today, my friends at Thrive. The way you and I nurture hope is by listening to God. And when we when we listen to the Lord, he nurtures that hope in us. And then you know what? We nurture hope to others. So you could actually be a blessing to someone else in the middle of this pandemic. You could be a blessing to someone when you hear from God and you might take your eyes off of what you see physically and say, Lord, what do you want me to see? I'd like to bring one last point to you, and that is Caleb was tenacious, he was like a dog he was tenacious have you ever seen your dog want to go out for a walk and you say no and the dog just stays there and if he's been trained if he's really good if he's been um uh, uh well if he has a sense of humor almost he'll even go get the leash and he'll put it in his mouth and he'll just wait for you patiently until you finally say okay you know i wonder if god is wanting us to be tenacious after him. I wonder if the Lord would say to us, let's go out and let's see what I'm doing. Folks, being tenacious means we get up. And we get up again and we see each day and though we might find ourselves in peculiar situations we still get up and we say okay God here I am in the middle of coronavirus Here I am in the middle of my season of waiting for that phone call. Here I am in the middle of my personal sadness. Here I am in the middle of waiting for my test results to come back. Here I am. Lord, in the middle of this time of uncertainty of financial and uh, good sales leads. Here I am. It means day in and day out. My friends at Thrive, can I encourage you? Stay on track with God during this time. Don't be tempted to do life on your own terms. Don't be tempted to throw in the towel. Be full of courage. Be full of tenacity. Be full of the Lord. And be like Caleb, dogged after God. That would be my hope today for you. If I could nurture hope in you today, I hope that you will be able to go, yes, oh God, here I am. I hope this message was encouraging for you. I hope that you sense this is a good word for you today. And I'll be praying for you in days to come. It's great to be with you bye
0: guys well steve i want to thank you for a word that spoke specifically to me but i know i'm sure i'm confident that spoke to so many today what a great reminder that we need to keep our eyes fixed on the lord that we doggedly need to pursue after the lord and i love that picture of 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 a dog is most happy when they're with their master and that even for us that that analogy carries over that the best place for us to be is in the presence of our master and even as steve was sharing today i kept thinking of other places in scripture where we see that example played out over and over again. In fact, that's one of the things, even in the midst of our our question this year and asking who is God and and this God is series is what are some themes that we we see throughout scripture? And that is most certainly one of them. We see examples of the lives of people who had to look past the circumstances and look for the presence of God at work. In 2 Kings, Elisha and his servant are surrounded by an army and it looks really bleak, but Elisha sees something that his servant does. He sees the armies of the Lord on the hillside, and he prays. And he says, Lord, open his eyes so he can see, and, and he's just overwhelmed, when his eyes see those fiery chariots, and Elisha says, you know, greater is, are those who are with us than those who are against us. Or the example of Jesus and the disciples in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. When that storm comes, and they're freaking out, and Jesus says to them, why, why are you afraid? You've got to keep your eyes fixed on me. Look beyond the storms and keep centered on the presence of Jesus and the presence of the Lord in our lives. So again, Steve, thank you for that timely word for us. I want to invite you today, if you're watching this message or if you're listening to this message, and maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. If you've never turned your full attention to him, and said yes to him, to ask him to be your your Lord, your Savior, your King. You can do that today very simply by praying this prayer with me. So I invite you, if that's you today, if you feel that tugging in your heart, that whatever it is that, that you're feeling there right, right now, you might be going, are, are you speaking to me? Yes, I'm speaking to you. What you're feeling there is the, the the tugging of the Holy Spirit for you to be able to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to that invitation, if that's you Pray that prayer with me right now. Let's pray. Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I turn to follow you. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sin and the things, Lord, that I've gotten wrong in my life. I I ask that you would forgive those things. I repent, Lord, and I choose to follow you today. Would you be my Lord? Would you be my Savior and my King? I put my faith and my trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's it. You've said yes to the Lord. And if that was you, if you prayed that prayer today, would you please let us know by either sending an email to prayer at thriveglendora.org or by clicking the link above where it says Connect Card and filling one of those out. We'd love to follow up with you and provide you with some practical tools, some things that you can do to take your next steps in your journey with the Lord. And I'd love to close our time by just praying for all of us today at the close of this message and the encouraging word that Steve brought to us. So would you bow your head and would you receive from the Lord today as I pray a closing prayer for us. So Father, I thank you that you are our Lord and that you are our King. And Lord, that you're not the kind of King, Lord, that's at a distance, but Lord, that you are intimately close, that you make yourself completely and wholly available to us. And Lord, that we can turn to you God, I pray that that it would be not so much a case of us having to turn, but Lord, that our countenance, that our perspective would be always focused to you, always looking to our Lord, to our Savior. Lord, I pray that we would have the mindset of Joshua and Caleb Lord, that we would look beyond the circumstances and we would look beyond what's happening in the world around us. And Lord, that we would see the places where you are at work. And as we do, Lord, that our faith would be built, that our our souls would be encouraged, Lord, and that the people around us would be blessed through all of that. We give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray and and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day as you go. Uh, would you just celebrate and look for the places where God is moving? And please remember to invite someone to join you for service next Sunday. I'm going to be sharing some updates about where, we ha- where we're headed as a congregation, so you don't want to miss next Sunday so some very practical things that I'll be sharing. So please make sure, sure to join us next week. We look forward to seeing you then. God bless you.